Welcome to the Link to Prevention podcast, hosted by the KSARC Prevention Team. On today's episode, we're discussing a federal law called Depictions of a Minor Engaged in Sexually Explicit Conduct. This is a law we start talking with 8th grade students about as it relates to consent. Hannah and Jessica are here to tell us all about these discussions that they have in classrooms with students about this topic, how it relates to students, uh, how it relates to consent, and how we frame this conversation. So, hey, welcome, Jessica and Hannah. Hi. So, depictions of a minor engaged in sexually explicit conduct. That's a law here in Washington. And from my understanding, this is sort of tied to what used to be called child pornography. We don't call it child pornography anymore. Jessica, can you maybe explain to us why we don't call it child pornography anymore and what we call it instead? Yeah, it's a good question because that is generally how people know about this law is under that term. And we refer to it as child sex abuse materials because when we focus on pornography as a term, I think in general, pornography oftentimes uh, implies consent, which children cannot consent to intimate images being taken or created of them. And it also kind of minimizes what is happening. It is sexual abuse. It is not a creation of entertainment or pornography. And so explicitly naming what it is as child sex abuse materials, I think is really important, especially when we are talking about focusing on the harm that is caused to the victim. That makes a lot of sense. So you start talking about this law in, uh, in the course of our programming, and you start talking about it in middle school. Is that right? Yes. Yep. What age do you start uh, addressing that? So we start talking about this law specifically in eighth grade. And we had a lot of conversations leading up to our decision to start talking about this when we did, mostly due to conversations that we had in communities, questions that we got from students and from parents about what about abuse that happens online? What if a picture gets shared of my child and they didn't want it? What if somebody sends a picture to my child or to me for that matter and I didn't want that? So based on a lot of conversations we had in communities, we decided that this was a really important topic to bring to the classroom. We also always talk about online spaces in all of the topics that we discuss with students. So whether that's talking about boundaries online, the use of power and unequal power online, and especially the consent bit online. So in sixth and seventh grade, we talk about consent online as it relates to posting a picture of one of your friends on a social media account without asking. And we emphasize the importance of consent of that you have to ask somebody's permission before you're posting things of them online because they might not want it there. So in eighth grade, we transition and we move up a bit and we start talking specifically about this law and the non-consensual sharing of intimate images or videos of other people. That's great. How do you start bringing this subject up? I mean, my guess is, is that, you know, you start talking about these things that, you know, from what I understand, like a lot of youth uh, not all youth, of course, but a lot of youth do a lot of these behaviors. You know, I the I know that you know the term sexting is out there that uh, is about um, sort of sharing these uh, images, these cons- you know consensual sharing of images if you are in a relationship with somebody. And you know, we hear from students that that from some students who say that that's like a normal, healthy behavior that they engage in, and they feel like uh, that there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it has been fairly normalized 
but I also think that it's it's something that we don't feel entirely comfortable talking about, especially with youth, even though we know that there's a lot of youth who engage in this. So how do you bring this up in a way that opens up conversation? So we actually start, just like you said, with a slide that at the very top says sexting. So we kind of just dive into it by talking about the behavior that you talked about and the fact that we understand and know that this is a consensual behavior that happens sometimes in relationships. And we also understand that eighth graders and younger, but we're talking to eighth graders, often are in or sometimes are in romantic relationships, dating relationships with their peers. So we define what sexting is. We let them know that we understand this happens and we're not shaming anybody who does this. However, we also just want to make them really, really aware of the fact that there are certain things when you don't have consent and are sexting that it becomes illegal really quickly. Can you kind of walk me through, like, what does this lesson look like? So start with consent, talk about sexting, define sexting, and then the next slide is explicitly and specifically the RCW or the law in Washington state, word for word for uh, depictions of a minor engaged in sexually explicit conduct. And I was a legal advocate, so I kind of start with explaining that law. What does this actually mean? Because the law describes a lot of different behaviors within one umbrella of a depictions of a minor law. So it talks about possession, distribution, production, and like, what do those things actually mean? Because it's a lot of things. And usually when we put up the slide, there's a lot of very concerned faces. And so we specifically talk about like what does this law actually mean what can people actually get in trouble for and what do what do people actually get in trouble for can you break down like what is possessing distributing producing these images what are what are those actual behaviors what does it mean to possess an image possessing means that you have it whether that is on a message on your phone or saved to your actual photos or on your computer or anything that is within your possession if there is a nude or naked picture of someone under the age of 18, you are in possession of uh, depictions of a minor. Okay, well then, so then let's define what is, what's distributing? What does that mean? So distributing means that you have sent that nude or naked picture or video to anybody, or you have posted it in a way that is accessible to other people. That means that you have had it in your possession and have then passed it along to somebody else in some way. Okay. And then, so the creating of it would be, my guess is taking the picture? Yeah, taking the picture, taking the video, or having it created in some way. So even if you're not the person taking it, if somebody else takes a picture of you, then that would be creation. Well, I could see why this could be, um, you know, something that would sort of perk up the ears of students. Because it seems like it's a pretty common... A uh, common thing for people to either be taking, sharing, sending pictures of other naked people. And so that's why we frame it all around consent, right? Because if you break it down even further and with something like possession, we've gotten questions from students before that are like, well, what if I didn't ask for the picture? What if this picture just got sent to me and it's in my phone, but I didn't ask for it and I just got it? Well, then you have to delete it because then once you decide to keep that picture in your phone and a picture that nobody gave you consent to have and to keep, 
that is when it becomes illegal and becomes possession. And we make it very clear that when there is a lack of consent, there is harm. And that is where law enforcement becomes involved. They, it is their job to help identify where the harm was caused and who caused that harm. Like Hannah mentioned, right, we talk a lot about consent and that being the most important thing in these behaviors. So if you are forcing somebody to send something that they don't want to send, that's not consent. If you are sending something to somebody that they didn't ask for, that's not consent. You did not obtain consent to send that to them. If you and a partner consensually exchange photographs while you're in a relationship and then at some point you are no longer in that relationship anymore and that person whose pictures they are they tell you please don't keep those in your phone anymore I would like you for to delete them because we are no longer in a relationship like you can't say no I get to do whatever I want with them because you sent them to me pictures are not your property especially when they're depicting other people I think one other important bit that we bring up to you that Jessica you talk about so well is that under the age of 18, you also can't consent for yourself to be posted anywhere on the internet. And that if you check that box that they always ask for saying, I am above the age of 18, uh, that you are showing that you understand what the consequences are of doing something that is illegal in that situation. So, you know, sometimes people are not always thinking when they do certain things. And, um, and sometimes people make bad decisions. You know, I know that it is, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that you would have somebody under the age of 18 who takes a picture of themselves and then shares it online, posts it online, posts it to some website online, um, and then they start to have some regret about that later on. Is that something that kids are even talking to you about? Like, what about that situation? Yeah, that is a question that we get asked about in a roundabout kind of a way a lot of times. But I think we've seen the uptick in people selling pictures of themselves on the internet. They think it's an easy way to make money. And it's a really slippery slope a lot of times, um, especially if you're under the age of 18. So we always provide them with a resource through the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Take it down. .nickmic.org and it is a website that works in collaboration with a lot of other sites like Instagram, Facebook, Pornhub, and OnlyFans and places where we know that these pictures are being posted to and they if they get the original image the, or the file of the original image they can basically make a fingerprint of that image and ensure that while I believe that I deleted it from my OnlyFans account that picture could have been uploaded in numerous other sites across the internet that I am not aware of. And so it's a really great resource to help people find other places that that image may have been posted to and ensure that it is taken down from all of those other places as well. That sounds like a very useful resource for folks. You know, another thing that I'm just kind of uh, hoping that you can, the two of you can also uh, kind of flesh this out. Like, so what are some, um, what are some actual, maybe some real life um, examples of either things that students have talked to you about, um, any professional experiences you have? Like, how does this, how does this play out in the, in, in the middle, in the, you know, in the middle school? How does this play out in the high school? How, how are these things happening 
in those environments. Something else that I specifically talk about with the middle school students and high school when we talk about this in high school is I think a lot of times kids don't think that this is something that other kids can be charged for. When you think about a youth or someone under the age of 18 being involved in this, you only picture them as the victim. But what we have seen and what statistics are proving is that uh, oftentimes the perpetrators of these cases are also youth or peers. In my years working in legal advocacy, have had numerous cases of someone who thought that they were friends with another youth. Uh, specifically, I had a teenage client was friends with a teenager and they were in a fight and one of the friends took pictures that didn't belong to them. They did not have permission to have um, and started sending them to people and posting them on Snapchat and other online forums that that person did not give consent for those pictures to be posted or sent to those people. Um, and they did it because they were mad at that person and they were trying to get back at them and they were trying to make fun of them. And that teenager who stole those pictures and posted them and sent them without permission was charged for possession and distribution of depictions of a minor engaged in sexually explicit conduct. Hannah and I have heard many, many stories coming out of many different middle and high schools currently of kids getting pictures of them taken in bathrooms and in locker rooms that are sent around to make fun of them. Um, and that would fall under this law, regardless of if that was taken for sexual motivation or to make fun of somebody. Uh, if it is a picture of a minor nude or naked in any way, that falls under this law. And so when you're sending that around, you could be charged with distribution of depictions of a minor. I also just want to add on to the story that you you talk you tell and you talk to the students about about the client that you had and the clients that you've had who this has happened to, and to remind everybody that the folks you worked with who were the victims in the situation were not charged. Police and detectives they have discretion and they are trying to figure out where the harm was caused and not going to go after somebody who has pictures on their phone just sitting on their phone. Nothing is happening with them. What they are more concerned about is when those are shared, distributed, possessed non-consensually. It's not about the person just having their own pictures in their phone. Well, and I think that's also a very good point to um, to just to discuss a little bit further is that the harm that is caused is real. You know, again, this idea that, um, you know, if it happened online, you're only involving images, what can the harm really be for people? Um but I know, uh, having worked as a therapist for many years, that that harm can be very damaging to individuals, especially if those photos get spread around, uh, get spread around to their peers, get spread to their family members, that that impact that has on the individual uh, is very real. And many times uh, it can look very similar to the impacts of physical assaults of sexual actual physical sexual violence the shame the embarrassment the fear the 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 loss of trust uh, those things are all very present for people who 
are impacted by this. Um, is there any other any other thing you want to share or, or talk about in terms of the harm or impact that you've um, discussed with students or that you've heard from your own experiences? Yeah, and I mean, I think the sense of betrayal can just completely balloon out, right? Because it goes from one person possessing and maybe sharing that picture to 10 other people also possessing and then sharing that picture to 10 other people also possessing and sharing that picture. So it can blow up really quickly and can feel like a whole lot lot of people are against you. And especially in a small community, like a school, a middle school, a high school, uh, things can things go around really fast and that can cause a, a tremendous amount of harm. How does a friend go about supporting um, one of their peers who this may have happened to? Maybe they even received the image. What? What's? How do you support someone through this? So we talk about this a lot because we do get a lot of questions from students who are maybe sort of peripherally connected to what's happening, whether that's they know that a picture has been forwarded, maybe they haven't even gotten it themselves. But if they do get a picture or a video, we always encourage folks not to forward it. Right. Number one, that sounds really, really basic, but don't contribute to the problem. Right. Don't continue forwarding this. Um, of course, delete it. We also encourage students that if they know the person who is in the picture to check in with them and let them know what happened, because sometimes the victim in the situation doesn't even know that this picture has been sent around uh, or is being sent around. So it, it could be a good idea to check in with them as well. And then, of course, we also are always talking to students about the fact that they have a lot of power within their peer groups and have a lot of influence over their friends. So if they have friends who are sending pictures, who are pressuring people to take pictures and send them to them that they don't want to be sending them to, that their voice matters a lot. And even just saying something as simple as, oh, that, that's not cool. Like we learned about consent and that doesn't, that doesn't sound like consent to me, that that can have a huge impact. That's great. Um, I always think it's helpful to to hear what uh, what what we can do to assist those who are being hurt by this. So, as a parent, I mean, is this something? How do you is this something to bring up with your child? Um, how do you how do you suggest bringing this up with your kid? Yeah, I mean, I would say everything that we talk about is something to bring up with your child, right? Like for sure, please talk about these things as you know from listening to this podcast we are talking about these already with your students so if it's not something that you think that adults are talking with them about we are and they have lots of questions so if nothing else brushing up on the laws yourself and trying to figure out what it means and what we mean by possessing distributing you know getting really clarifying information on that if you need more so that you can have conversations with your kids about it because like we said, odds are they know someone, they themselves uh, are engaging in this. Um, and it's, it's just always good to have those sort of open, curious, non-judgmental conversations as much as you can. As an adult, I have friends that this has happened to. Um, I know that pictures have been sent to me that I did not consent to receive. So like talking to your kids about that, right? Like, do you have experiences with this happening to you or someone you know? What did you do? Was it helpful? Do you wish you had more help? What help do you wish you had? We're all trying to figure this out together. Um, and I think starting from that point can be really, really beneficial for, for kids to hear is that this is something that we're all trying to trying to figure out right now. 
I would also just remind you, like we remind all of the students that we talk to, that there are resources and that you aren't alone. You can, you know, you can always get in touch with us. We gave the resource of Take It Down. Um, it can be feel really isolating if this happens, but there are resources and places to get support. Case Arc being one of them. Until next time, stay curious, be kind, and take care. To find out more about the services offered and to stay up to date on everything that prevention is doing, check us out online at ksarc.org. That's K-C-S-A-R-C.org. This podcast was funded in part by a grant awarded by the Department of Justice. Points of view in this podcast are those of the author and do not necessarily represent the official position or policies of the Department of Justice. Grants funded are administered by the Office of Firearm Safety and Violence Prevention under the Public Safety Unit at the Washington State Department of Commerce.